Fernando. Bonjour. Bonjour. Je m'appelle Yuther Chat. Je m'appelle Finn Sound Nicolas. <laughs> uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> just the, that's the, that noise is me like scraping my brain for French. Yeah. Welcome to Jardin Sound, a French movie podcast where we watch only the best French films like uh, The Children of Paradise. Uh, the best French film ever made, do you agree? Oui. I mean, it's certainly the most French. Oui. Ah, uh, yeah, and, that, and that's my intro. Yeah, uh, that's, not, that's the French not, bit done. We're not, we're not doing that. Yeah, we, we, we. We did too many accents last time. It was a mess. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a quickly reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors, or director. We want to see if counterpoint of these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode, we watched number 75 on the Sight and Sound list, Enfance du Paradis. Marcel Carnet's three-hour epic about four men pursuing the love of a single woman through the theatres of turn-of-the-century Paris. Our second film this week is Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Proof that, if something is shot by Robert Yeoman, I can't fully hate it. Which century do you mean the turn of? It's the turn of the 19th to the 20th? No, it's 18th to the 19th. Is it? Yeah, it's set in the early 1800s. Oh, I was right about the century turning? Wrong yeah, about the century? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I guess it wasn't that much dueling at the beginning of the 20th century. The Children of Paradise. Uh, technically two... 90 minute ish long films sure but that is because it was made in nazi occupied france and one of the nazis rules you know there's a thing i know about the nazis they love, they, they love rules um was that films can't be over 90 minutes so that's why it's in two parts is that, is that actually uh, well that, uh, that that is what roger ebert's review of it believes it's it's why like the composer and production designer had to work in secret because they were Jewish. Mm. Uh, it's an impressive film on several fronts, but like the the fact that it was made at all seems to be the most impressive, <laughs> right? Do you have any idea how much like input and, and control the Nazis had on this film? My understanding, again from like casual internet reading, is that there there was some, but they worked around it a lot. Right. Like there were rules about how there you had to have like members of the Nazi Party or or at least sympathizers in your cast and so that's like a lot of the extras which there's, there's a lot of extras you can hope the nazis right at the back yeah yeah um they whenever they were getting too much pressure because it was shot in um paris and nice mm. but almost all of it is on sets if not outdoor especially outdoor sets right. which is even more impressive when you think about it because like the, it starts and ends with a big street party yeah where like if I had not, those are forced perspective sets. Really? To look huge. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, no, like all, In, all, all, all of that stuff totally feels like it is actually on, outside. On loca- well, yeah. I presume it is outside. It's right, just yeah, not, yeah. it's just not a real place. Right, yeah. Um, but they would often, they would 
do the what lies beneath and build two copies of sets. So if they were being bothered too much in one place in Paris, they'd go to Nice or vice versa. <laughs> Sometimes they'd have to move sets, things like that. Right. Um, apparently the reason there are lots of banquet scenes in it, or there's lots of scenes of people eating was so that um, the hungry people working on the film could take the food home and, right. and stuff like that. So there's a lot of, uh, as much as I th- think this film it is difficult seeing this film for the first time now and going into it knowing it is the film that Truffaut uh, said if he he would trade in all his other films to have made this one yeah. and that at Cannes it was voted by French film critics the best French film it is kind of difficult to come to under those circumstances because it it cannot like no film labeled that could stand up to it right no ab- absolutely not unless it was something like really wackadoo like Microcosmos which is technically which is a French yeah. film, and you could be like, "Oh yeah, no, I okay." Like for a certain value of all of those things, okay, okay. I mean, they they wouldn't do that. They would need to make a film about men competing over a woman, some of whom are having affairs. Like it's it, and yeah, it has to be set in the theater. Yeah, otherwise, it's not French. Yeah, um, it's, those are the French laws. Ha- has have you ever seen a French movie which didn't? Either explicitly or Im- or implicitly feature infidelity as a plot or character d- uh, detail. Fifth Element. Yeah, I think you, I think it, I think you might be right. It feels like on. there's infidelity in Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. I can't remember Arthur. You know Arthur. Uh, um, the, the the like CG Luc Besson film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that, and of course Leon uh, is a clean and sober film that mm. I've not seen, but I understand that it's just about. Yeah, there's absolutely zero sexual impropriety in that film. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Um, but coming into it with that with that sense is that it is it is hard for the film to stand up to its acclaim, yeah. And so it is. You kind of have to turn to like the fact that it exists at all, and that it is good <laughs> under the circumstances it was made is even more impressive because it was also the most expensive film ever made in France up until that point. Right, that makes that make, makes a lot of sense. So big party is happening. Big party, party town, big NK party Perry. in the streets, um, and, and there's, there's there's buskers, there's circus performers, there's, there's, a, there's a monkey on stilts, there's a merry-go-round where but, it does seem like the children on the merry-go-round are the attraction, yeah. which and is a bit that, odd. The, the thing about the monkey on stilts is it's not just a monkey that's choosing me on stilts; its feet are tied to the stilts. <laughs> I mean, it's upsetting. <laughs> Hey, back to the show. <laughs> so, Children of Paradise. Uh, uh, the name is kind of a pun because um, they're not necessarily children. There are almost no children in this. No, nope. um, although there is one child. So there's one child, there's and one. none of them are in paradise because they're all having kind of a bad time. Yeah, well, and they are in what's it called? The first half of the film is called like Hell's Alley. It's it's called like on the Boulevard of Crime. <laughs> yep. Or like no, it's like murder on Crime Boulevard or something. Yeah. Um, at which it, <laughs> it is the Boulevard of Crime. Right, okay. Which is yeah, or which at least is of course where where, where Batman's parents were killed. <laughs> um, by Joe Schill. Well, <laughs> you are more right than you think, because mm. Boulevard of Crime was the name for what was then like Paris's West End area, oh, where right. all the shows and the entertainments were, and because they were also lurid, so Grand Guignon, they were all about murders and stuff. Mm. It's a semi-ironic name, like the name uh, Children of Paradise. 
because paradise is also what, what the French they call the upper ring of the gods seating yep. in, 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 in a, state in a venues. Yeah. So uh, it's there's so many levels of meaning to yep. the title, and, and of course you as 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 an acclaimed theatre maker know, yeah. know, know know all about but this. I'm an, I'm award nominated. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do I do know about some of these things. For instance, um, the you know how the some of the actors you'll have noticed are raised up above yep. the audience. That is called the stage. Yep. And that's where we get like sayings like stagecoach and um, this crime was staged. Yep. And, and so in, in, in some stages, the part of the stage that is furthest away from the audience is up higher than the, than the, stay, than the, uh, than the part of the stage closest to, yep. to the audience. And that's, that, 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 that is called a rake. And yep. that's what Sideshow Bob stands on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that is from, uh, and I can say this, um, I've got, I've got a BA, I've got a master's in playwriting. <laughs> oh, that seems like a joke, but it's a fact. Um, uh, and that's so that whenever frequently actors are famous for multiple things, being professional liars, symmetrical faces, and dropping marbles all the time. Yeah. And that's so the marbles will roll down the stage and people can collect them. Yeah. And then they can, uh, then, then they can go trade in the marbles at the Marble Depot. Uh, and yeah. so, so they'll have uh, money to buy insulin for their children. Well, and, and that's where we get the saying, um, lost your marbles, is because when actors can, can't get paid because um, cause they don't get paid a lot, <laughs> um, they would not get any marbles to trade in. And so the, the hunger would drive them insane. Yeah, and then they would uh, eat, I don't know, uh, a stagehand, yeah. a prop maker, yeah, but luckily that stagehand was the bit of evil attached to him, and so right. now he's just the one-armed man. Yeah, but he puts a chainsaw over it and uses it to fight deadites. <laughs> oh, okay, so we went from Twin Peaks to Evil Dead. The the Children of Paradise, uh, the circus is in town for this great celebration. As we've said, there's many attractions, one of which is just an attractive woman in a room. They're like, this woman but she's so like attractive. She's like in a barrel, right? Yeah. She's in she, a barrel. She, she's sitting in a barrel that's filled with water. She's holding up a mirror, yeah. and she just sort of spins around in the barrel, and you yeah. go and like gawk at yeah, and I don't know. You you, you pay like you pay a, a couple centimes for for for, yeah. for that. Um, not really, not really sure what the point of that one is. The point is, this woman is so attractive. Come look at her, right? Uh, and this is how we meet our lead. Uh, she's this attractive woman, and her character's name is just off the top of my head, Garance. Yeah. Um. And and one one of the people who comes through to stare at her in a barrel is mm-hmm. a man called Baptiste. Yep. Baptiste is uh, the most French uh, job, which is to say a mime. Yeah. But uh, but he's not just a mime. He's the world's best mime. And, and like he's you know when you think about mimes and you think about men painted all white mm-hmm. with like uh, uh like Betty Page eyebrows that are like someone accidentally threw two tiny bird feathers at their face and the rest of their clothes are best described as like silken nightwear. Um that that's this guy. Yeah. And he he's got a like incredible face for mime yeah. he, he's like like he, he he looks like your idea of what a mime looks like well, and, and he's very specifically doing uh the commedia dell'arte character of yeah. Piero. Yeah. um uh, just again see that is my theater degree yeah. brain being like you can't you can't just seem like an idiot after her shift in the barrel is done <laughs> uh, yeah. she, she she's walking down the street 
She meets a man named Frederick. Yeah. Uh, who just likes to walk around the street, hitting on every single woman he sees. Yeah, and, and always using the same lines. Yeah, and he he uh, he comes on uh, super strong. Yeah, every time he sees a woman that he's attracted to, he just runs up to her and is like, "Huh, you smiled at me. Hmm? You smiled at me so tonight. You smiled at me." I mean, he just yeah. grabs her arm and like starts being like, "We're in love now. Hmm? When should we, when, when 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 should we get married? Well, mean, what should we name our children?" And, and like, which is how you start most relationships, yeah. as, as 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 I'm aware, like in my experience. And when he does this with Garance, she, I think, pretty politely kind of lets him down and tries to leave. But she remains. This is. I think it is kind of hard to unpack this film without addressing how much agency you think the character of Glance has. Yeah. And it is that the in in this scene, like she's doing it, but she's doing it in a very like codedly demure, yeah, leave me alone way. And, and like, well, I understand that this is a film from the past about people even further in the past. Yes. Uh like Back to the Future Three, um, or or now any of the Back to the Future films. Yeah. Like the thing I bump up against most in this is that as much as Garance is clearly the lead and um, she's first billed, you know it's great because she is first billed under one name only, Arletti. Yeah, it's just like in The Third Man where Alita Vali is just credited as Alita. Or um, Alita Battle Angel. Yep, I was also about to do that joke. <laughs> or, of course, the producers where Zero Mustel is credited in the end credits just as Zero. Mm. Um, and in Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, yeah. When Tony Revolori is credited as Zero. Yeah, that's a, a reference on a reference because Zero was named after Zero. Um, the, the number. <laughs> is it a number? It's a conceptual placeholder. Okay. What is it? Do you think it is not now time to swap it out that we could find something better to put at zero? I mean, pitch it. Okay. Oh, uh, planter. Uh, because it's the turf from which all the other numbers grow. What about bread? Because it's kind of the beginning of any meal that the meal of numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. No, it divides numbers. Yeah. Numbers, equations. It's the equator. You're going to have to run this past the maths council, you feel? No, I think this is because you know how there's a, like a, nary a day goes by without people being like, oh, I've just found out that they call a group of owls a parliament or they call a group of yep. ravens a murder or they call uh, the, a group of leaves a tree. Murder of crows, oh. not ravens. Oh, um, or they call a group of Karens a class action. And who the they in that situation is is kind of anyone. Anyone can do that. Like I, I can say, like uh, uh, a group of podcasters is a white noise. Um, uh, a group of roads uh, is a scholar mm. uh, or an a colossus. Fuck yeah. a group. A group of X Men is a cyclops. Um, a group of magnets. Well, a group of X Men is an X Men. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's. That's that's the collective noun. But there are multiple groups of X Men. There's X Men. There's Weapon X. There's X Factor. There's Excalibur. Yeah, there's lots of different X Men. New X Men, old X Men, X Men. The the uncanny X Men. Yeah. Well, that's usually what when people talk about the X Men, they're yeah. talking about the uncanny. Yeah, X-Men. maybe they're talking specifically about Josh about Josh Whedon's run on the uncanny X Men. <laughs> when did he do that? Was that before or after his run on <laughs> Astonishing X-Men Finn? Fuck. 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 <laughs> fuck. I can't believe I know, right? you came here to my house. How, how, how embarrassing is that? Like, your face is beet red. <laughs> like Cyclops' burning oh. visor. If only I cared about comics. But Frederick 
wants to be a big star actor yeah. and he's he's working a bit he's putting he, he he's he's working in a pantomime which is also where baptiste works yeah there um there there's a, a scene where they're trying to um drum up business uh for for people to come to the pantomime mm. and so they're doing a bit of a like a out there on the street show, some dancing people are dancing, and this caller is like, "Come see this show." And then um, this big uh, uh, businessman uh, is trying to flirt with Garance, um, but then has his gold pocket watch stolen by the third guy who wants Garance to be in love with him, uh, who we met about a scene earlier. Who um, uh, th- 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 this guy is a public scribe. Yeah, he's, he's a like, scrivener. Yeah, he, he's a guy who knows how to write words. You yeah. you go you go into a shop and you're like, hey, write a letter to my write a letter to my <laughs> wife to say, but I'm sorry for abusing her, and he'll be like, sure. Yeah, which is uh, what he's doing when we first get there. And, and then he has a mate come in, and, and he's like, isn't it great being educated? Um, and he's like. Nah, not not really. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, he stole the the gold watch. But the the rich business guy uh, immediately assumes that it is Garons. He he grabs her and starts yelling for the, <laughs> yeah. ye- yelling for the, for 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 the police. Um, but- then they came along and uh, they 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 say. Harumph, harumph, what's all this hit there? Uh, but they say it in a French accent. And, and uh, Baptiste. In all in 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 Comedia dell'arte mime uh, is like I saw what happened. This is what happened, and then does about a, like- a very long mime routine <laughs> explaining yeah. exactly what happened. And this is when you're when like, he's playing three. Di- he's playing like four different characters. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's good. Yeah, it, it, it's entertaining, but it is also the point where you're like, is this is a three hour long film? Is it is it all going to be this? Is an hour of it? going to be watching people on stage and it is yeah and as someone who used to watch people on stage almost every night for about five years when i was a theater reviewer uh, mm. I, I i i just don't want to do that when i when i go to films i want to see people in films that's why i only like films about the making of films bowfinger yep. State and Maine. Uh, Black Bear, starring uh, Aubrey Plaza. The Player, Lost in La Mancha. Uh, One Cut of the Dead. Have you seen that? Yeah. How is it? Uh, the final third uh, makes up for the problems in the first two thirds. Oh. But like, the the first third, I was like, yeah, I see what you're doing. The it's long the, single take. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, 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 like, I, I was like, this is fine. Then in the second third, I was like, oh, this is sort of funny or whatever. And then in the final third, I was like, ecstatic. One of the best films about the like, joys of, of filmmaking and, and collaboration. Oh. It's wonderful. And just like Children of Paradise is about the joys of collaboration in the theatre, how everyone gets on and everything uh, is great. Yes. Um, and so we have met uh, Baptiste. I I know the names and I'm not going to track this well. So there's the clown, the actor and the thief his wife and her lover, I believe. It's around this time that we meet the best named character, which is, his name's Jericho. He's the peddler who can read palms and, and has a crazy top hat yeah, and, and yells a lot. And he he, he mostly yells about uh, about all of his different nicknames that, 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 that he's given himself. Yeah, Like every time he walks into a scene, he'll, he'll list off about five more nicknames that he's made up. Uh, which include uh, the wild boar, uh, lone sleeper because he's uh, lonely and uh, never got married. Yeah, uh, and I've forgotten all the other ones, but there's there's like twenty of them. Yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy. Um, and like, and the but they are also names just like 
brilliant mind yeah, and yeah. sharp tongue. I've truth seer. Yes. I am brilliant. <laughs> he, he's that kind of a man. Um, and, and he, Natalie, who is another mime. Uh, she is always playing the like glamorous woman that the clown like falls in love with. Oh yeah, but that's yeah. still within, they're working the genre of pantomime. Everyone within it is a mime. Mm. Yeah. And with the heightened makeup and stuff. No, don't. Mm. I'm not going to correct you on Lynn Ramsey. I think Lynn Ramsey loves portraying violence in films. I think she thinks it's an unadorned good <laughs> and she would love to promote violence and how it has no consequences. But Natalie, uh, Jericho reads her palm, reads Natalie's palm and is like, you will fall in love and then marry the, your true love. And she's like, oh, great. Is it at this time that she is in love? We know she's in love with Baptiste. Yeah. Yeah. While the show is going on, she goes into the like, backstage area and she talks with Baptiste and it's like implied they've been dating for a while. Ever seen outside of a carnival where Baptiste does the mime routine to, to prove that Garance didn't steal a pocket watch. As she's leaving, she like throws him a rose and he's like, Oh, doing some mime stuff. And then at the moment he falls in love with her. Yeah. So when Natalie comes to see him, uh, he is no longer in love with her. Yeah. And she does like a bunch of speeches and like, Oh, I'm in love with you. It's so great. It's nice to be in love. Yep. And he's just looking at it with his mime makeup and he's looking all forlorn. And he's like, Oh, I'm in love with a random woman I met on the street. But he oh. doesn't tell her that. Well, he, he, he says that he's not in love with her. I do, not the, yeah, no, he doesn't tell her there's someone else, though. He does, like, a, a little bit later, though. And then they do some shows. There's a scuffle between two rival groups of actors, um, which yeah. they break up with a, a mime routine that the, the actor and the mime do, which is, I don't know, entertaining, and I think the kind of thing that, that would be... I, Okay, here is the thing I am bringing to this film, right. which is uh, a, growing up as a theatre person in New Zealand, um, we have many great clowns uh, in this country. We have people like Trick V. Wakenshaw and, and Tom Monckton and uh, everyone at the, oh fuck, what are they called? The Barbarian Collective? Uh, um, Joe Anderson. They do good clowning. What right. I'm about to say is not saying that there are no good clowns. But there are a lot of people who straight out of drama school or theatre departments go through a clown phase. Right, yeah. Uh, and then we'll put on a show of clowning. Ella Gilbert, great clown. Uh, Phoebe Surname. There are so many good clowns. I'm just so worried that someone will listen to this and be like, oh, I'm not a... <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I'm not talking about you. If we're, if we're friends or have ever spoken, I'm not <laughs> talking about you. But what happens is, is the, the, they're like, oh, I'll do a clowning show. And then you go and you see their show and it is people who've seen a bit of clowning and, and don't know what the heart of it is, which is yeah. about like exaggerating humanity, about cartooning performance. Yeah, I think it's about falling over. Well, like, yes, absolutely. And it's about slapstick. Yeah. But, but like all things that innately work in entertainment, there is a rigorous theoretical reason as to why. Right, And, yeah, like, yeah. Th there is a reason, like, as much as it is a joke about people going to clown school, like, the people who come back from places like Goliere um, are, are so exquisite is because they, they understand the precise mechanics of, like, how and what and what finding your clown and what how you work with Buffon is. Hmm. But I've seen so many people do things like this where they are just doing things like this mm. um and it is just people being like 
I just feel like trying something for a date journeyman. So that is so much of my default association. Right, yeah. And so this, them improvising this routine to break up the fight, um, which includes like throwing someone through a window. No, that's part of no, the f- no. That, that's an actual fight yeah, later. Yeah. The fight breaks out because there, there is there is uh, there's one guy who is like they're, they're like star of of the of the theater. Yeah, and he, uh, in, in the scene outside, he's like proclaiming to all, to the audience, and if you come to a show, you'll get to see me, the yeah. greatest actor in the world. Yeah, doing my performances, right. and and that's Baptiste's dad. This this fight starts because the scene in, in the scene that we're doing. Uh, this guy who's talking about how he's the greatest actor yep. is playing some sort of like hunter uh, and he's he's supposed to kill a lion yep. and the lion is being played by Frederick yep. and and, and uh, uh, something that Frederick likes to do is improvise yeah and uh, he he, he uh, first person to improvise yep. uh, the, my favorite scene of this film is when they cut to a man in the audience and he ran to a phone uh, and said hello hello Dell Dell it is your cousin Marceau close. <laughs> I, I've got you know that new uh, comedy you were looking for, and then he holds up the telegram, yeah, and, and 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 you can see Frederick improvising Johnny B. Good in the upper room. <laughs> yeah. So when 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 Frederick steals the gun, uh, he 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 hits the big actor dude overhead with it. Yeah. And then it cuts to backstage, and the stage manager's like, "Oh, he hit him too hard. Yeah. This is." And so, like the the famous guy is like his ego gets hurt by this, and he calls all of his friends backstage, be like, "Hey, come and fuck this guy up!" And so, all all, all of the like more like well established actors they come out to help uh, the famous guy, and then Frederick calls backstage, and all the like stage hand and there's like yeah. like more more like lower class or like amateur actors they come out and they help him. And there's a big fight. They close down the curtain, and then it comes back up, and Baptiste uh, does a uh, does a big uh, mime routine. As I was saying, we're taking like looking at it and being like, I kind of understand this is entertaining, but I've seen so many like thin white people flop around like this insincerely that I, I just kind of do not buy it and find it faintly irritating. But which is another thing to put on a film that is like the best French film ever. Yeah. Um, there is uh, later the, the, in the night after the fight, um, the mime sees Garance with the thief in a seedy restaurant. Yes. Um, which is called like, it's called the red breast. Um, because the guy who owned it uh, had his throat cut by a bunch of bandits right. and he got yeah. uh, blood all over his chest. And so people are calling the, the bar the red breast. Um, but so he goes uh, uh, and is like, hey, Garance, the mime, is like, do you want to dance? And, and the thief is like, nah, get him, Avril. Avril is is one of the thief's like hench person. Yeah, he, he, he's one who's like, hey, isn't it great to be educated? And he also, uh, for other film, wears a hat and... And like a neckerchief, but the side of the hat is always directly in the middle of his head, yeah. And the other side of it is like, like halfway down his face, yeah. Like you know, Ving Rhames, like that, <laughs> like, <laughs> but like a bit more, yeah. Oh, I don't mm. know. Have you seen Ving recently? Do you know who gave Ving Rhames his nickname? Uh, his college roommate, Stanley Tucci. I think I, I think I did know, yeah. But it was like, what an incredible, yeah. like, I know that that's probably on every, that fact has been on every film podcast, yes. but it's sh- like it should be. Like, where, when people watch Citizen Kane for the first time, it should be in the credits, <laughs> you know? Like that, like the film facts every film nerd knows that are just always slowly added to. 
You got any other ones? The example I am thinking of is one that annoys me, um, which is how you can't there's you can't have any there's no conversation about frame rate or animation that cannot be had in any social media sphere without someone coming in and being like, Oh, but did you know that in spider verse yep, no, Miles Morales was yeah, animated good. on twos and Peter Parker was animated on once and it's like yeah, no literally everyone knows. Literally everyone who cares about film knows. Um, and, and that is, <clears throat> while we're here at my TED Talk, <laughs> the key issue with modern film discourse in that its central point is now video essays by people watching one DVD special feature, taking one fact, and then being like, oh, this makes me smart. And this, I was, I was thinking while watching the opening of Pieces of a Woman, where, um, which I've not yet finished, but it is strong. There's good performances from almost everyone involved. And then Shia LaBeouf is also in it. Uh, and fuck him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah, and like, absolutely fuck Shia LaBeouf. Ostentatiously, like a lot of the first act of that film is a giving birth scene done to appear all in one take. Yeah. Um, which is to say that there are several quite long takes in it, which are always somewhat heavily marred by someone having to do something very obvious to obscure the frame in a way that draws attention to an edit much more than just having a good edit would. And and I was like, why has the one become such a thing? And like part of it is technology and that now that, we don't have to have massive wheels of film, you know, yeah. now that it is possible, we can do it. Now, now, now that it's possible to build a Russian arc, we're going to. Yeah. But it's also because people, because uh, they're so easy to notice. Because they're so, it's so yeah. easy as a film person, because you like, you like learn editing and then you'll see film and be like, well, did you? Oh, did you know that the first, fif- there are no cuts in the first 15 minutes of gravity? And it's like, no, but like, that's not the interesting thing. The interesting thing is that it does that to make you feel secure mm. so that all the cuts are more jarring. It's not, you know, and, and so it becomes about like the performativity uh, uh, of it and about how um, film is brilliant because it has such a shallow point of entry, but so many people are just drowning themselves <laughs> in the shallow end rather yeah, than actually like, engaging. Like Bradley Cooper. Avril is like, ah, I'm going to rough you up. That's when he chucks him out the window, yes. but he comes back and he manages to and be he, charming. He, he, he dusts himself off. Yeah. Uh, using his great mime work. <laughs> He's like, whoop, 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 whoop. Is, it, is it mime when there's real dust? Um, and, I mean, just, um, it's just mime with props. But uh, he manages uh, to get uh, Grunts to leave with him. He, he does a, a sweet roundhouse kick on Avril. <laughs> And, and, and gets her a room at the boarding house where um, he and the actor live. Frederick. Frederick. But I, I, for the audience at home. The- Frederick is the actor. <laughs> Baptiste is the mime. Yeah. Uh, is the yeah, thief. precisely. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and pretty quickly, Baptiste, the, the mime, starts uh, an affair with uh Garons while he is still seeing Natalie and the the like passion of this drives him to make some quite popular pantomimes that we're told about and of course see some extended scenes from. Yeah. But also just by chance, yeah. the room that Garants gets at the boarding house is right next to Frederick's room. They also seem to begin an affair. 
Um, yeah, because he hears her singing. Yes. Um, and and they both get her a job at, at the theatre with them. Yeah, and and, uh, and Natalie still thinks her and the mime are still one hundred percent in love. Yeah. Um, they're made for each other, and he. But she also really suffers because mm. he he doesn't love her. And then uh, Garance is visited by Count Edouard de Montre, um, who is uh, a dandy, yeah, a rich he's, guy. He's a big old richo. He's like. You so, are so beautiful. Why don't you an, come and live with moi? I have an indecent proposal for you. What if I give you a bunch of chunk of change if you will be my mistress? Yeah. Uh, and she's you know, the, like, the guy who made indecent proposals got a new movie coming out this well, year. Is it indecent two proposal? No, it, it, it's the movie that uh, it is the movie that Ben Affleck and Anna Diarmas were pretending to be dating for. Do we? And it, it's and it's basically just it, from the plot. It basically, just seems like it's indecent proposal again. Is it, is it Adrian Lyne? Yes. Yeah. Ah, yeah. The guy who made the bad adaptation of Lolita. The guy who was just like, I'm in the nineties. It's 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 all about like erotic thrillers now. I'm oh, only doing deep that. Deep Water. Yeah. But yeah, but it's based on Patricia Highsmith novel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, of the ripped Mr. Talently fame. Mm. Um, oh, it's got Finn Whitrock in it, Tracy Letts, yeah. that daddy ladybird. Absolutely. And Anna de Armas mm. from Blade Runner from, 2049. From Wasp Network. <laughs> the Olivia Arceus movie I didn't watch last year. And uh, Ben Affleck from uh, Phantoms. I don't even know what from that is. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the film. Is he? Yes. Uh, he, from, he from Mallrats. Um, he's like the captain of the opposing uh, basketball team, I believe. Uh, yeah, fun. Ben Affleck, you know, from Reindeer Games. <laughs> Remember Reindeer Games? John Frankenheimer. What else did did Frankenheimer do? He was the person who I believe was either fired from or took over. The Moreau, the crazy oh, island oh, right, of Dr. Right, Moreau. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. That, yeah, 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 no, he, he took he, over he, after he, Stanley was yes, fired. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he is the person probably the most likely who has spread um, the most nefarious rumors about Val Kilmer, a man who I'm sure is both a nightmare and not as bad as he seems. Right. You know? Yeah. Rafto from the snowman. Hey, the saint himself. Rafto. <laughs> I keep forgetting that. Oh, and the, he was the star of Top Secret. And he was the person who did most of the pre-production on Exorcist the beginning before being fired and replaced by Paul Schrader, who was then fired. Okay. Um, and replaced by like Chris Columbus. I don't know, someone strange. Yeah. Um, not that it matters. Rennie Harlan. Oh, right. It does matter. The director of Cutthroat Island. And Die Hard 2. Really? And Nightmare on Elm Street 4. The Dream Master. Mm-hmm. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Yep. Deep Blue Sea. Mm-hmm. Where the other shoe drops. That's incorrect. Elizabeth Shue is one of the two people to survive that film. So <laughs> he's like, sup. I'm fancy, be my mistress, and she's like, "Lol, no, no, and, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in love with the mime." And, and he's like, "Yeah, anyone can do that. I can, I can, I can be inside. I can be inside a glass box. See, yeah. it's easy." Um, okay, I have to describe that. I was doing some bad mime. Yeah, well, it was borderline <laughs> not mime at all. You were just flailing your arms, like. 
I think uh, I think uh, at this point, like just doing the like, just even attempting the glass box thing is bad mime. Just like it's it's like well, it's hack mime at this point. I mean, like unless you've got a really good subversion on the glass box, yeah, don't even bother. You know, yeah, it's true. It is a pretty transparent ruse. But he is like, <laughs> he's like, uh, but if you're ever in trouble. Here's my card. Yeah. Um. And she's like, I'll never get in yeah, trouble. I mean, like no, a, no, no. Then there's like a five minute discussion of like, of like, who's got the best business card and whether or not it's embossed. <laughs> yeah. Uh. She pretty much like the next scene. Um. The thief is like, uh, there was a robbery and people think you're involved. <laughs> well, uh, there's a scene where the thief is talking to Garanz and he tells her about about one of his great schemes to steal a bunch of money, yeah. which is like there are bank messengers who go around the city and they have lots of money on them, and some people like to try and rob the, rob the bank messengers out in the open, but that's a fool's game. Uh, what he likes to do is he likes to rent a, a room in a hotel and call the bank messenger over there, and then when they get inside, he beat them up and steal all their money. And uh, so he takes a room at the same building that Garance and Frederick yeah. and Baptiste are in, uh, while he's there, he he seems like catch and kill a bank messenger, but the, but the messenger gets away. Yeah, and then uh, him and Avril like have to have to like run away and hide. Um, and then there's a whole there's a bunch of people crowded around. There's police there, and one of one of the police officers is the officer who tried to arrest her for stealing the pocket watch earlier. And so yeah. he's like, she's suspicious. I think, and it is much to do with the scale of this film that you described that sequence and I remember it. Mm. We watched it but three hours ago. Yeah. Just slid off my mind. Sure. Just slid off my mind like sweat on a bottle of Pepsi Max. <laughs> and the it, cops show up. Yeah. The police like interview her and it kind of seems like she obviously didn't have anything to do with it, but they yeah. they don't really care that much. They're like, yeah, yeah we're, I don't know, you seem, you seem weird. Yeah. Uh, you're you're living in a boarding house. You're you're, you're an actor. Weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, you're you're you're. We're gonna put you in jail. And she's like, oh, you didn't count on this. And she plays her. Uh, she plays her best Yu-Gi-Oh card because she 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 believes <laughs> Ice Dragon yeah, or whatever it's called. Uh, you okay? So <laughs> I mean, I think you're, you're confusing two things here. Yeah. There is the Red Eyes Black Dragon, okay, yeah. which is a pretty good card. Oh, Blue Eyes White Dragon. Yeah, then Blue Eyes White yeah, Dragon, yeah. which, like, for a while was, like, the best card. But then, of course, like, the the uh, then, then the Egyptian god cards were introduced, and everyone yeah. was like, fuck, these dudes are powerful. You got, <laughs> you got Obelisk the Tormentor, you got yeah. Slife of the Sky Dragon, and you got the Winged Dragon of Ra. And th- th- those dudes are all just, like, next level from, from, from Blue yeah. Eyes White Dragon. But then... People were like, what if you had three blue eyes white dragons? You use polarization to combine them into one dragon. Yeah. Right. Which is um who can tell? Who can remember what that dragon's called? It's called like Ultimate Dragon of Blue Eyes. Or like I think all, all the all of the versions of that card I had were were, 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 were were like bootleg versions. Is it one of those things where like the proper because i remember on, on power rangers like the there's the red power ranger and the blue power yeah. ranger and the reason the tiger ranger is the tiger ranger is because he's colored white and they could not have the white power ranger right, yeah. so it isn't like we can't have the white power dragon I mean, in the modern day, they would be uh, being mm. slammed on all good social medias, your gabs, okay. your powers so, uh, uh, for uh, uh, censoring it. So, uh, I think it's just like blue. I think it's just blue eyes ultimate dragon, which is like 
I've always watched Dragon Ball with like free heads. Yeah. But then you can sacrifice that yeah. to summon Blue Eyes Shining Dragon, which is like the kind of like one of one of the best cards of a game, which is introduced oh. for Yu-Gi-Oh! the movie. Oh, and right. what's special about Blue Eyes White Dragon, uh, Blue, Blue, Blue Eyes Shining Dragon is like it's 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 uh, uh so it it's initial uh, uh, it's initial attack and defense numbers are about the same as as a as a Blue Eyes White Dragon. Yeah. But it gains plus three attack, uh, plus three hundred attack and defense points for every dragon card in your graveyard, and also it can't be targeted by magic. And so, like once once you get a once you get a no, it can. That's wrong. For, forget that last sentence. But it, it, it gains plus three hundred attack and defense for every uh, for for every dra- uh, dragon card in your graveyard. You excited for the the new Yu Gi Oh film? No. Why not? I don't watch Yu Gi Oh anymore. Why didn't you stick to it? Uh, like two years ago. I started rewatching Yu-Gi-Oh, and mm. I, I I got I You're got just like, a big Yuji fan. Well, I, I, the thing is, I I I got like I got like thirty I got like thirty something episodes into 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 like rewatching Yu-Gi-Oh from from the beginning. You just bloody love when he solves that millennium and, and, puzzle. And, but 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 by the time I'd watch like thirty episodes in like a week, I was like, oh, I have depression, and then I yeah. and then I then I stopped watching Yu-Gi-Oh because it seemed like a bad sign. I, but did they fix your depression? Uh, no, but I got to sweep one of the indicators under the rug. So that's the end of the first half. Then there's the second half, which is called The Man in White Time Dash. It's several years later. Yeah, it's like six years later. Uh, um, now, Friedrich, the actor, greatest star at the Grand Theatre. Everyone loves him. We've missed his entire rise. We've, yeah. we've missed his peak. And now he's just fucking fed up of being in a, of being like a great actor that everyone loves. And he wants to improv. Because um, he, he hates the play he's yeah, in. Yeah, he, he, he's putting on some, some new show and he's like, this is too serious. Yeah. This is like, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's he, all... He mocks it in rehearsal and then in the live performance he starts like doing shit like, this guy doesn't know his lines and i'm the best actor in here then he yeah. goes and sits in a booth in the audience and yeah, pretends to shoot people he's, he's breaking the fourth wall he's he's basically doing a he's he's doing a groucher routine basically he's not doing a groucher routine mm. i think it's pretty easy to see that this guy was very much his day's deadpool <laughs> um so here, here, everyone here, here's the thing about deadpool he knows he's in the comic mm-mm. crazy Crazy, crazy stuff. I, I think, and when when they put him in a movie, he knows he's in a movie. I, I, and love, not just that, he knows that you are watching it. Now, if and I, he thinks that's a little cuckoo. I, uh, people aren't talking about this enough. No, but I think Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Uh, star making turn. Yeah, I think it's the best performance of the 2010s. Well, and I, I just think really Hollywood is. are really missing a trick. There's so much money on the table. I was Hollywood. I would be putting Ryan Reynolds in whatever fucking film and getting yeah. him to do his e- boring e- e- Deadpool even if, bullshit. Even if it made no sense for him to be in that film, like uh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw or yeah. Detective Pikachu. Um, please, uh, Deadpool, <laughs> Deadpool, Deadpool, Pool Kachu. Dead Detective Pool Kachu. Sorry, no. <clears throat> Tip of the tongue. Red liver, yellow liver. Dead Detective Pikachu. No, you no, can't. <laughs> Fuck. A proper cup of coffee from a proper copper coffee pot. Dead Detective Pool Kachu. Dead Detective Pool Kachu and pause for laughter. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. 
Um, and after the show, the curtain goes down, um, and, and three guys, the writer, the director, and the producer, um, uh, he's uh, like, you're welcome. And they're like, what the fuck? You fucked up our yeah. play, because you the, the, the audience just loved it. The, the entire time, it was yeah. just like, this is incredible. We've never seen someone break the fourth wall before. Proving once and for all that audiences don't know what they like. <laughs> and I feel that very firmly. But anyway, the three guys behind the show are like, you fucked up our show. Yep. Um, you, we challenge you. You. you 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 mangled our prose, I believe one of them says. And, and then the other two join mm-hmm. in because one talks and the other two talk together. Yeah. Like they're, um, the, 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 there's one of them who's like leading and then there's the other two which are like if Johnny two times was two people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> that. I, yeah, I would not put it past uh, Squishy to, to pull a, uh, a, a reference like that. Across town, the mime is doing even better. He's everyone's favourite. Comedian, but like, is is he doing better? Because he's still at the same theater, which is like popular, but it's, but it's not like a big theater. Like he he sold out every night. Yeah, like it, everyone's always going to see him at this theater, but he's at the same theater that he was at six years ago. Whereas Frederick is now in like an obscenely huge theater with like two or three thousand people in there. I thought, but like the thing of um. Like he's the greatest actor, yeah, in the greatest theater. I yeah. believe it's called like the Great Theater. Yeah. Um, like he, he's right. he's like the most popular actor in Europe. Everyone loves everyone loves Frederick, um, and he's like so sick of the success. But then even he can't get a ticket to the mimes show. So I thought that was how. Anyway, that they're well, both no, doing there's, very- there's a, like he one night he he goes to. He, oh no! But he has to fight to do it. He can't just be. No, like, there's a bunch of other people getting turned away. I mean, when when the ticket seller sees him, he's like. Hey, Frederick, come on in. But, but, yeah. Anyway, there, there, there. there's also a scene where it's like, yeah, no, people are being turned away. And he's like, can you get me in? And he's like, it will be difficult. Anyway, um, uh, uh, and we see maybe 20 minutes to four hours of the mime show, which uh, involves him pranking around outside like a club where um, the people inside the club are played Home Alone style, clearly by lit marionettes being rotated, yeah. um, which uh, is very entertaining to me. The, this this particular pantomime ends with him murdering a man who's been made to look like the peddler character. Yeah. And then uh, after the show backstage, the peddler comes in and he's like, every night he murders someone who looks like me. Yeah. What's he got against me? And yeah. everyone's like, oh, no, you're you've, you're old and you're weird and you get in people's business all the time. And he's like, oh, but I'm lonely <laughs> and I'm drunk. Yeah. We've got to mention that when, uh, uh, that, like, when he's having this, this conversation with the playwrights, uh, that, that, that they're so annoyed at him uh, that they demand satisfaction. Yeah. They demand a jewel, and he um uh, he he goes home, and at home he finds the thief who's there to rob him. Um, but no, he thinks he's there to rob him, but he's like, actually, I'm not going to rob you. I have a great idea for a play. Does the thief tell him that he's also in love with, with Garance? No, no, no. Okay. Um, and, and so they kind of become friends. He's like, I've got this great idea. It's about a couple who are separated, come together and then separated again. Right. Yes. All of the scenes are green. That's a thing he focuses on, which I like, uh, uh, as a playwright myself, I, I know there's nothing you focus on more than 
what colour the scenes are. I mean, there are some things mm. where I'm like, like the play Blue and Orange. <laughs> no, the the play Blue and Orange, which is an incredible play, does not have blue scenes and orange scenes. Well, kind of, anyway. Um, and, um, well, we like how this scene's going to have red lighting because everyone's angry at each um, other. No. I mean, this they're next, in a submarine. I mean, this scene's going to have red lighting because they're still angry at each other. <laughs> yeah. And then this next scene... Oh boy, you better believe it. it's going to have red lighting because they are so angry at each other. Yeah, all the lights were broken. <laughs> only the red channel works. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, only bought red gels for the for the lights in twenty twenty one. Yes, yeah, no, because the thing the, the thing about youth is theater shows is they're all uh, analog. Yeah, I mean, m- most theaters have yeah color changing right. LEDs, so. right. I, like I, a teen's I know, bedroom. I know. I know, but like, did you do you know that? What? Okay, tell me. So, light fixtures, you know so much. What are your three favorites? Uh, you can't see this, but there is a pool of sweat. Oh, no, He's there, nervously there diting like, his arm. There is like one like a giant bead of sweat, like like in an anime. Yeah, yeah. He's darting his eyes back and forth, jabbering. Um, <laughs> no, um, uh, uh, cut no. to my unrelenting <laughs> stare. Um, and now he's rolling his eyes back in his head, like, uh, oh, I'm getting scanners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you did not clearly make that out, he said, I'm getting scanners, which is, uh, when people's heads explode because they don't sign in with COVID QR codes. That's a little yeah. topical joke. A little bit of scanning joke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what other scanning jokes are there? Uh, the one of the Simpsons where Maggie goes across the. <laughs> Goes across the, the the checkout. Oh right, yeah. And that's a scanning joke. Oh. Got any other good scanning jokes? Anyway, the next morning he goes to have this duel. He gets shot in the arm. Yeah, because because he, 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 he shows up drunk. Yeah, uh, and so he can't he can't perform his night, which is why he goes to the mimes show. Yes, and he's like, I can't be up in in the gods. Can you please just for me put me in a, a little room? So he is put uh, in a room that's reserved every night for one person, and that person is Garance. Garance, and, and he sits with Garance, and he's like, Hey, it's you. And she's like, I come here every night to watch to watch Baptiste because I'm in love with him still. Yeah. Um, um, and even and, though, and but she, more importantly, she's like, oh, yeah, me and the count have just been traveling the world. I bet she's yeah. only back in town recently. Yeah. So and she's always like, oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like him at all, really. Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, it, it's pretty clear. Um, but yeah, and it's uh, she looks great. She has an incredible veil. Um, mm. it's, got, it's got, it's got like, it's got like sparkles on it. Well, and this feels like kind of the iconic moment uh of of the film yeah uh in that so much of it uh, is about kind of things being unsaid while people are clowning around in the background yeah um but and, and frederick and grants are both watching baptiste and they're both like this dude fucking rules at being a mime yeah this is the best miming i've ever seen and grants is like i get to i get to travel around the world i get to go like wherever but like I'm never as happy as when I'm watching this guy do some mime. And Frederick's like, yeah, I'm the most popular actor in in all of France. But yeah. man, this this mime and this small theater, this is what it's all about. And it made me think of I think my favorite scene of one artist confronting mm-hmm. another in film. Um, there are a lot to choose from. Um, but it's a film. It's a film about a musician. 
and, and he plays a song. Oh, that, I, I that, thought you were going to say it's a it's a film about a bird man. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he plays a song, uh, and then uh, Ed Sheeran stands up <laughs> <laughs> and says, "I was always told that there would be someone who came along that was a lot better than me, and you are definitely better than me, Jack." Yeah, and then he goes on to be in like like ten more se- like. Ed Sheeran is a solid he's supporter. Over, he's all over that movie. Yeah. He's, like, the film, like, the he's, like, he's like Elton John in the Kings in Kingsman with Golden Circle. Where the first time Elton John shows up, you're like, oh, that, that's a that's a fun cameo. And then by the end, Elton John's like the fourth lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um uh the uh that that film is Yesterday, which is of course the Hamish Patel film with the title that most implies but contains the least time travel. <laughs> Yesterday, weirdly fascist. <laughs> I, I I don't a hundred percent agree with that. I think it's more charming than you do. But that's because you hate the Beatles. Well, I just don't care about the Beatles. But I I I, I hate it. I hate the film's attitude towards the Beatles. The the, the best band ever. Yeah. Would you like Yesterday if it was about the Clash? Um. Uh, I I I, w- I would en- I would enjoy it more, but I I, st- I still think the 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 entire attitude that that, that film has to- towards art is deeply bad. And like when the Clash existed, there was like a marketing thing. There was like thought about by the manager where like they they were referred to as the only band that matters. Yeah, and like there there are a lot of Clash fans who still refer to them that way. And sure, I think that's great. And I think you you can you you can like kind of make an argument for that at the time. Yeah. But the whole thing of yesterday is the Beatles is not only the most important band of the sixties, which you you know you can you can, yeah. you can you can make an argument for. But like they are the most important band of uh, uh, forever, yeah. and their, their their music was not like uh, socially or culturally con- like uh, con- contingent upon the times. It is yeah. just like perfect art that means the same thing to all yeah. people at all times throughout history yeah. and that that, that is that Beatles is, are to music as Shakespeare is to plays yeah. and, and to be clear I have the same relationship to the idea that that Shakespeare is, is an immortal genius yeah. even though totally. he did write some real good plays like, and the, 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 also the, 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 Winter's Tale there's a thing that my my granddad likes to bring up a lot when he was in school you couldn't get like what 100% on like a piece of writing for English because that's what Shakespeare would get and and you're not as good, and you you can't we can't we can't say that this piece of writing by a student is as good as Shakespeare. So you you're not allowed to give a student 100 percent on a on a piece of writing for English, and like that's just insane nonsense. Anyway, anyway, what happens? They they all they all hang out pretty much. No, um, uh, the mime is now married to Natalie. Yes, and they, and they have a child. They, they they have like a five year old son who is also called Baptiste. Yep. At the end of Baptiste's performance, Garance and Frederick. Uh, talking and Garant basically says, "You know, I, I I never really loved you. I was, I, I I always I always loved him, mm. and I'm I'm never going to stop loving him." Yeah. And then Frederick's like, "Hmm, I feel jealous now. Ooh, uh, now I can play Othello." Because yeah. he, he, he talked previously in the film about how he's always wanted to play Othello, but he couldn't like figure out a character. And now he feels this. <laughs> he, now he feels this sense of jealousy uh, that's helping like unlock his way to play Othello. And this is the moment when you're like, "Oh shit!" Is the is the climax of this film going to involve one of the leads in blackface? Yes. And the answer to that, yeah. yes, it, oh, it, it no, does. Um, it's not good. Uh, but yeah, so so he's he's like, oh, I'm, "I'm I'm gonna go backstage and and uh, I'm gonna go backstage and talk to Baptiste. Do you want to come along?" And she's like, "No, he's he's got a he's got a family now." I'm, yeah, yeah, like it, it's 
there's no point in, in doing that. Like I, I'm fine with him, like kind of like living in, in, in my, in my memory. Yeah. And, uh, and Frederick's like, okay, sure. And he, he goes off and he, he goes backstage to, 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 to see Baptiste and talk to him. Yeah. And then, uh, while they're talking, the peddler comes along. Yeah. Jericho. Yeah. That's when Frederick and Baptiste leave because Baptiste doesn't want to be around the peddler. Yeah. And the, the peddler comes up and he's like, why does no one like me? I'm all alone. And he's talking to Natalie and he says, probably shouldn't tell you this, but Garance is back in town. And, and then, I mean, I mean, Natalie sends their, sends their kid in yeah. to talk to Garance and say, I'm just a little baby, he and my, my mummy and daddy are very happy to give her. Please don't wake up our family, you harlot. <laughs> He's a real Damien energy <laughs> to him. We're so happy, and my mum said that you are bitch, and you should fuck off. He but, says it slightly but, nicer than but that. But my mummy also said that you are beautiful, and you are beautiful. <laughs> and he does look like um, a cherub come to life, yeah. like a statue that is urinating. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there is an uncanny nature to him. And it, it does not help how clearly coached his performance. Like, it's not good child acting, you yeah. know? Uh, he's not a fanning. Uh, when Garance uh, hears this, she's like, yeah, you're right. Uh, my life is empty and bad because I don't have any yep. kids. The only thing that women are good for. Then it cuts to Frederick and Baptiste talking backstage, and Frederick's like, you know, uh, Garance is here. She comes to see you every night. She's in box number seven, and then it's time for the next scene. And Natalie is at a is like in the scene at a dance, and then Baptiste is supposed to come in and like and dance with her, and then he's like, I I could I could do this scene. Or I could uh, run off stage for seemingly no reason and <laughs> yeah. uh, and and go to the box and see Garance. And by, by by the time he gets here, she's gone. It is. Uh, I, we cannot go over lightly how much the it's a big scene there are many people around the centerpiece of the scene as he enters and, and dances with uh with natalie and, and he enters grabs her by the hand and then is just like nah turns around and leaves yeah. it, it would be like in the middle of a soccer game david beckham the the only soccer player i know who i believe is still working i, I was I, I i was i was trying to I was ronaldo trying- is a hundred years old, right? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I was reaching for the name of another one, and I was about to say Woody Allen, but it is like who is? Yeah. Uh, don't know if you know. Uh, not not a not a soccer player, <laughs> but about, he's, a, he's a famous kangaroo boxer. <laughs> but he's he's about to to take a penalty, and you know he lines up the shot. About to go give it a get and yeah. then stopped and, and would and, just and, and then, then just run off the yeah. pitch. And he, like, he, he runs over to his girlfriend Beyonce and gives her the Pink Panther diamonds. That's right. Sorry, of course. Um it, it is just so insane. Yeah. And like I absolutely get that it's within reality, but like as an audience member, I'd be like, Christ, improvisation. What is this? <laughs> a Friedrich performance? Anyway. She so, gets home to the big, empty, uh, fancy, but dead house of the Count and uh, Lacan, right? I don't know. The thief is there. Yeah. I can, I, I, I can never remember his Lis- name. Listener. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's like... Yeah, he, he's come there to, to like talk to her for a bit, and then he tries like freaking the Count. Yeah. And the Count's like, oh, we're going to have a duel? And he's like, no, I never do. Yeah. <laughs> Except when I do, I get to choose the weapons, and, and I always choose one weapon. I mean, he opens his coat to show, but he's got a dagger there. Yeah. And he's like, I could kill you, 
I could kill everyone in this house. After the thief leaves, Grant says, like, you know I never loved you to yeah. the Count, and, and but I'll stick with you because love is about sticking with painful things rather than searching for nice things. Yeah. Um, and I'll just go out there and tell everyone that I really love you if you'd like that. Yeah, because status and public opinion is the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and then a bit of a time dash. So the opening night uh, of Othello, who's that on stage? Is that an actor of color? No. no. It is the actor in Blackface. The audience are having a great time. They think he's incredible. He gets standing ovation in the audience. The Count is there with Garance yep. being like, I know that it's the actor that you love, yep. even though we know she's wrong. And then at a break, at halftime, which is at a very odd time because there's they play out the scene where Iago talks Othello into killing Desdemona, which I believe is the second or third to last scene of the play. <laughs> then they have an intermission and then the scene where he kills her. So that means there must be something like 15 or 16 intermissions in this production <laughs> of Othello. Um, or, or maybe they're just like, we want everyone real focused for the last scene. <laughs> During the break, the Count um, tries to start a duel with the actor, uh, kind of calling him a bit of a cuck um no no no, it, no, no, it, no. It, it's it's the it's a thief who is yeah, who's yeah. talking about his play that he's writing in and he he talks about how the yeah. count is a cuck we, we get uh, uh then charlie kaufman takes uh the the script pen for a moment and the thief is there the the uh the 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 count the actor, yep. um, the thief, his wife, and her lover, yep. all present. Um, and he's like, so, this play I'm working on. And then he describes something that sounds a lot like the situation they're currently in. Mm -hmm. um, and, and everyone is very offended by this. And I really did want... So There are many other people in the scene just around them. I really did want someone to be like, this play sounds really like disjoint. Is there something I'm not getting about? It seems there's a lot of subtext yeah, in this. And, it seems yeah, quite. And then, and then the thief turns around and says, "It's a subtext thing. Yeah, you'll get it when you watch the movie." And they're like, "Movie?" And then they they stared out into the cameras and said, "Oh, we are but constructs." And they opened their mouths into a widening scream. That yeah, ju not ju ju just like they did on the set of the earrings of Madame Dare. <laughs> yeah, I was doing a callback. Yeah, uh, a deep mythos callback <laughs> as they burn into light i feel like we are but fiction um this scene goes on for some time and at the same time we are we see garance with the mime yeah. having some panky and may i add some hanky um yeah, out. but in the reverse order <laughs> you wouldn't want to do the panky first so like i presume panky is panna cotta what is hanky in there? Uh, it's, so you want to sneeze yeah, into you your hanky sneeze in before <laughs> your panna cotta? Yeah, because you don't want to sneeze on the panna cotta. I mean, no one would notice, though. That's the good thing about panna cottas. That's why I had all my salad bars at my chain restaurants replaced with panna cotta stations. Because then anyone can sneeze on them, and no one will notice. Yeah, you you, you, you could have just like installed sneeze guards, but instead you're like, nope, we're going only panna cotta. No, no, no. Only panna cotta. That's why you yeah, I, I just I just remembered that they used to have pizza huts where they it was like they're like buffet style pizza huts. Yeah. Oh god. I was so happy as a child. Now, what changed? Uh they they took away the buffet style pizza huts. Um yeah, I was I was in 
uh, I lived very near the last one to close uh, in Auckland and I never went. And that is the kind of regret that it stays with you. Oh no, absolutely not. My <laughs> real regrets are much deeper and, and darker. Yeah. Uh, for instance, um, I've always wanted to. Every time someone says "I've always," I'm like, "Oh, we're going to say real light on the kindness of strangers." <laughs> <laughs> like my, my my mind has been so thoroughly broken by hearing people say that so many times. I, uh, it was a long time ago. Hmm. Um. I was working, well, no, I wasn't working yet. I had a job all lined up for me back in the city, uh, and, and I was in Greece. <laughs> and I met I met this young Meryl Streep type, uh, and, and we just had a spark. There was a wild horse for some reason, and uh, I never told her that I was engaged. And when we finally reconnected later, um, we got together, but... Then she died because uh, Meryl Streep didn't want to shoot more than a week on Mamma Mia 2. Those are my real regrets. I wish she had taken a, I had taken a chance earlier. I wish I could have. Take a chance, take a chance, take, <laughs> take a chance, dance if I changed my mind. And, the, and so on. Uh, yeah. um, I, was, I was about four seconds away from just like from, ju- from just like hitting the microphone so this audio would be unusable. <laughs> um, but and and so uh, the thief is like uh, uh, anyway. Um, no, the count is like fuck you all. She's with me, uh, and and then the thief is like lol cuck check it out and uh, pulls open the curtains to reveal on the balcony Grant's with the mime, and, and the count is like oh oh, <laughs> um, and basically Grant's and the mime run away. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the next day. Uh, because the film needs to end, uh, the thief turns up uh, uh, um, with the count and is like, dude, you should not have had me thrown out of the theater. And so what I'm going to do is kill you. And it's actually real cool because Avril is watching in the camera and and, uh, as as the thief goes to kill the count, the camera tracks into Avril as he watches, uh, seeing this horrific thing. Um, and then he's like, Everill run away. And he's like, will you not run away? And he's like, oh no, 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 no. I don't want to be tried by a country judge. Well, he, he, he says, oh, I wouldn't want to lose my head to a country executioner. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so he's going to meet his destiny, which is dying on the scaffold. Uh, then back at the rooming house, Baptiste and Garance are absolutely fuck drunk, yep. <laughs> uh, lazing about each other. And who should open the door but Natalie, the mime's wife. Yeah, and she's like, uh, she, she she's like oh i came here because there's a carnival going on and i brought our son to go to the carnival because yeah. he wants to go to the carnival and he's dressed up like i don't know something he's he's dressed up like some sort of soldier or something to go to the carnival <laughs> won't you come to the carnival with our son and, and and um and she's like why 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 throw this all away for grants you know we've been together all this time and grants's response is to be like but no we've also been together all this time in my mind because i think about him because i think and, about and, him and that one now should turn around like not the same thing yeah absolutely not the same uh, and uh does seem like a very cruel move to pull on the woman you just mm. cucked yeah uh and 
Um, but basically, um, Garantz runs out into the, this big party crowd, like at the beginning bookends, and she's running and running and um, running to her carriage to go back to see the Count, who she doesn't know, but we know is dead. Yes. Um, and, 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 and Baptiste, instead of staying with his wife, yeah. he runs out after her. He runs past his son, doesn't even notice him. Yeah. And he runs into the crowd, just like screaming for, screaming for Garantz. Yeah. But you can't find her. And the end. The end. And then some curtains close and the movie's done. Oh, which is also how it starts. Yeah. And yeah. how the second part, uh, how, how the first part ends is a curtains yeah. close. Yeah. Because all the worlds are stirred. <laughs> Keep going? No. Do it? No. Okay. Refuse to. I, I only do improv. It's the only theater I respect. Hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> All the world's a stage is the phrase that begins a monologue from William Shakespeare's pastoral comedy, As You Like It, spoken by the melancholy Jacques in Act 2, Scene 7, Line 139. The speech compares the world to a stage and life to a play and catalogues the seven stages of a man's life, sometimes referred to as the seven ages of man. Origins, square brackets, edit, square brackets. The comparison... <laughs> Sorry, I have... You know, I memorize all my favorite Shakespeare quotes. Yeah. Um, that's I, was, what, I was just looking for some ambient music to, to, <laughs> to, to play under that. So, Children of Paradise. I How much... Yeah. Let's return to my question. How much agency do you think Garance has in this film? Because I feel very much like, obviously it's a film from the past about further in the past and the things were, things were different, but as much as she is unassailably the lead, it does feel like a film about an object. Like you could swap her out for a talking painting (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Or a lamp? Well, I mean, if, if it was animated, you could swap her out for a talking painting. And, and there's so much uh, of, of and, and like, like films of the time, so much of people being in love is people instantly locking eyes and then going like, I am in love. And then one of them being like, yes, or no. <laughs> it, it's so hard to buy into her kind of existing as a person within this film rather than as like, the 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 tragically lost loot for everyone at the end. Uh, of I, I I I don't know. She 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 feels like she she feels like someone who has a similar amount of agency to the main character from Beerings of Madame Dare. Like <laughs> like she is trapped by circumstance and, and by the like arbitrary rules of of society. Yeah, and. I, I think you could you could make the argument like if the same film was made today about the same woman in the same time period, like she would probably like act differently. Yeah, but I'm. Or we would just get more of a sense of her, and like yeah. part of it is the fact that we're literally introduced to her in a barrel being presented as an object. Yes, um, and, and that that all men do is look at her, and like yeah, the the second half of this film. Uh, is an interesting and compelling and propulsive 
series of kind of exchanges scenarios and conflicts Mm. over like regret and last love. But I just, I think even for its time, its attitude to her, I I think it could have been better even then, you know, like in a way where you're like, okay, like he's in blackface because he would have been in blackface in like 18 fucking 10. Yeah. Um, and that sucks. But I... Well, I mean, like in, in, the, in the like 70s, Lawrence Lor- 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 Olivier played a fellow oh, in blackface. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, yeah. boo. Mm. I think that's bad. Um, racism solved. You're welcome. Um, but it is that I don't see... I really struggled to pick what was different about her relationship with the mime than the other three dudes. I mean, he he was the he was the hottest one. Uh, I'm I, I okay okay defend that because I would empirically not. Oh, I mean, like he, the thief is obviously the hottest. No, because he's got that weird moustache and his hair is always like kind of like glued and like curled on his face. The mime guy has incredible cheekbones. Mm. The thief is like the the like least good looking. No, the count. But that's that's because he has money and that innately mm. makes people unattractive. Because they don't have to try. They seem cocky. And so like that's the thing that tears me. And especially because the first half of this film wants to be a torrid cavalcade of conflicting romances kind of being yeah. into cut. And it does just feel like men squabbling over a possession in a way that it didn't have to yes they are doing that yeah but like she is not interested in being a possession of any of them well no kind of except for except when it suits her right right yeah but but also which, which like, is like the thing with with the mind like what why she like breaks up with him in, in the in the first place yeah is because like he is just like like she, she's like she's like into him, but he is kind of like too clingy and too like invested in these in in, in these like the like ideals of love that that, that are presented in, in the theater. Yeah. And he's always making the, the, the these these like declarations of his love for her, and she's yeah. like mm, that's kind of weird, off putting. And so like she and like that drives her away from him. But uh, to me, that red is her because the film is so on the side of theater. And that it is presented as theater, um, like the peak of arts are presented as like the peak of of humanity, that humanity at its best is enjoying performance. Yeah. I think my reading is that she's supposed to be wrong in that situation uh, and that her coming back to him and, and being so entranced by his performance is her kind of making up for making that mistake. So, but, but, but like when when she comes back to him, he's he he's like, oh yeah, I I I know what I did wrong before. I, I'm I'm not going to ask. Like, uh, he 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 has he has like a bunch of lines where where, where he says like, oh, I'm I'm not I'm not going to ask of you like what you like don't want to give. I I I know like the the the, the, the like way I talked about love before. It was like, like I, I, I wish I could remember the, 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 yeah, yeah. the uh, yeah. I, I remember, remember the moment the, you're talking the about. Lines. Yeah, um, I don't. I just don't think that's enough, right? Um, uh, and it's you yeah, know, I'm talking about things on like I understand how the plot works, yeah, uh, how the plot mechanics work, but it is like larger with it, like the the symbolism and rhythm of mm. it, if you know what I mean, or like uh, what her place in the the narrative of it is, as opposed to the plot. Or the shape 
And that's why it makes it really difficult. And like, it is just also the fact that it is three hours, 10. Yes. And could be a tight two. Sure. But like also to like to 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 me it, it did it didn't feel like like for yeah, it was it it felt like kinda of like two and a half. Like I, it, it, it it felt shorter than Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Oh yeah, absolutely absolutely yeah. No, yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not I, yeah, if I, 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 I to say that this film is shite, I, I I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent yeah yeah zero percent rotten tomatoes shite. Um which is also unfair to Wonder Woman 84. Anyway, um, which is, you know, it's more like a 60% film or like a 51% yeah, film. Yeah. Um, and, but it is that this still feels like, obviously this is a film written and directed by men and, and there is a way that the film wants to stare at and possess her that makes it like the fifth suitor and... Yeah, it just, I, and I find that a film that is so kind of disinterested and we, we spend so much time with the interiority of all four of the men, not with the count. No. With, with, with the actor, the mime and the thief though. Yeah. And, and we knew, and, and, and about the wider bits of their lives and what else is going on. We see the thief at his other job. Yeah. When, you know, there, there's the mime and Natalie and then there's the actor and his, his desperation and his love. Everything we learn about her is in relation to them. Right, yeah. And, I think the only scene that she's in which doesn't contain at least one of those other guys yeah. is the scene where she's being interviewed by the police officers. And, and that kind of implicitly has yeah. one of them yeah. in it. Um, and, and I, it is tough for me for a film that is that disinterested. Well, and, 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 and pairing that alongside with Natalie uh, as the other major lead mm. woman, um, a supporting woman anyway, is that she is kind of like an idiot for love. She's just kind of like, at every point she's just like, like you get the sense that like he could set her on fire and she'd be like, it's fine. I'll just get more water. Like she's such a beaten puppy and we get no real sense of that. And it is, it is very tough for me to see a film be proclaimed the best film France has yeah. ever made. And it seemed to have so little interest in women in half the population. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is strange because if anything with most French films, I find them too interested in women, you know? Yeah. I, like, I, like revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. I think the first half is straight and I think the second half is sound. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's fair. I, I'm, I'm going to say they're both sound, but I, uh, I think the, 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 the second half is, is better by quite a bit. Uh, the first half is kind of like borderline for me. And, and the achievement of making it all, that they made it this beautifully and this immaculately um, under such trying, trying circumstances in an invaded country yes. um, uh, it, uh, is uh, heroic and, and brilliant and um, worthy of praise. I just like... I kind of feel like almost any film on this list beneath it should be in front of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, I'm sure there's one I do, I dislike even more, but uh, 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 intolerance. Oh yeah, no. I think to, intolerance in Chinatown uh, uh, in the bin of this should not be on right, the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm not saying this shouldn't be on the list. No. And it is, and it does feel like one of those films where like, um, seeing the princess bride, I saw the princess bride first when I was like 14, I was two, I saw it too old. And so it does not hold the spell over me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the uh, same. And, and like seeing this, I guess like if we were French film nerds, uh, um, and seeing this with the culture around it, it would be seeing Citizen Kane would be like, yes. oh, of course, look, oh, all these references, I understand. But look see, at the way the curtains come down in between, well, in and, between and the parts. Then the fact that the four suitors are apparently based on real historical figures that people would know. And right. Like, like that's just a, a thing we don't have, a yeah. bit of cultural knowledge we don't have. Um yeah, it's, it's it's like how it's like how non-French people can't understand Lupin the Third because we don't have knowledge of Lupin, the original French character. I mean, he what what is there to understand? So he's a thief, right? Yeah. But he's a gentleman. Yeah, and yeah. he drives a little car. No, no, well, that's that's Lupin the Third who does that. Oh, right, right. Sorry, the the, the original Arsène Lupin. Yeah, is a gentleman thief. That's about it, I guess. So um, the other film we watched is, is Mamma Mia! Exclamation mark. Here we go again. Yeah. Which is, oh, let's just, because you have to be somewhere. You have a heart out. Um, oh, I've got a heart out in like 50 minutes. Yeah, no, but yeah. Um, but also like, I, I kind of feel like the plot is the least relevant thing after <laughs> after um, uh, singing Abba songs while trying to find out who her father was. Amanda Seyfried uh, learned that it doesn't really matter and, uh, no, because they 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 all they all love her and yeah. everyone's nice. Yep, and then so now um, Meryl Streep is dead. Amanda Seyfried is having problems with Dominic Cooper, and she's opening a a, a hotel. And basically, yeah, she is gentrifying the she is gentrifying <laughs> this this remote uh, uh, pristine Greek island. Uh, um, but eventually, um, and she, she she is turning it into the third best exotic Marigold hotel, <laughs> uh, and. and but you guess, you guess what? They got the writer of the Exotic Marigold Hotel movies to direct this movie. And write it. And write it. Um, and, and she, uh, um, and yeah, and, and she opens it and, and all of her dads show up and Dominic Cooper shows up and Cher shows up and Andy Garcia is there and they all sing Abba songs. And at the same time, we're getting flashbacks to how Meryl Streep in the form of Lily Collins no, Lily James. James, they're all yeah. The the yeah. the English woman with big eyebrows and brown hair. Uh, yeah. uh, specific, uh, uh, like what brought her to find this island and to create the specific circumstances of not knowing which of three men yeah. was a father, which it, it, is daring to put on screen. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a charming bonanza of camp, uh, a, a brightly coloured, uh, exuberant. Uh, a explosion of people singing pop songs quite badly <laughs> while dancing about feelings that that have been boiled down uh, so that they are both so numb and so primal. But it but it is mainly kind of about people having a good time around each other and telling some jokes and like maybe Colin Firth kind of nearly dies at one point <laughs> and still in Skarsgård is there and he plays himself and his fat brother and you know Pierce Brosnan it does it just is, is, almost nothing well is, no but he's doing like you know post 
a kind of a post Bond Bronholm where he's like, oh no, where he's like, no, no, the whole thing was a joke, guys. Yeah. And he's like, gee, I mean, I'm ridiculous. I mean, check me out, but I'm ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I'm very good looking and my hair is fantastic, but. And- I'm silly. And like, obviously, and like, it, it, it comes from an incredibly popular stage musical, the original. Um, uh, but I kind of think, and the fact that these are B tier ABBA songs, yes, because they used all the good ones in the first one, kind of adds to it because they become even less kind of iconic. Uh, and they are, so the whole thing is just much more about people just kind of having a good time. Yeah, but, but but like all all of the all, all all of the good episodes, they just like reuse in this movie because who cares? I mean, they reuse Mamma Mia. Yeah, it's that your count is the one. In good, I mean, in Super Trooper, I think. Yeah, yes. and, and and that doesn't the, really count because that's on the narrative. And the, the, there is no way they don't do Dancing Queen in the first one. Oh yes, that they, they yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Um, but then but I, you know, I'm sure they didn't do like kissed the teacher in the <laughs> fucking first movie. I mean, oh, I'm like I, I I can't remember the first movie that well, but like they they probably did Waterloo. That's like a big one. No, but I think the thing about Waterloo is that it is very hard to explain it narratively. Yep. Um, and that is no, like, I, I I I wonder if we if we recently saw an example of that. I no, I think they do their best job of getting to there, and I don't really think it matters. But the key thing I want to get to. Uh, is that you at points seem to have a near allergic reaction to this film? Yeah, um, I just want to unpack that. So, what was it like watching this? I just, I just, my my fa- at the end of the film, my face hurt a little bit from smiling so much, <laughs> and like, of course, it's ridiculous, but I. It, it, it warms my heart and it does it in a way that does not attack anyone. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, I love musicals. Yeah, one of my favorite genres. My bio on Letterboxd just says fifties uh, musicals and body horror. Yeah, and like I, I was gonna say, I don't like jukebox musicals, but that's not true because like Singing in the Rain is a jukebox musical, and and that's one of the best musicals ever made. But like, I think there there, there is there is something about like about t- t- taking the taking the music of a specific band and like building a narrative around it, which always feels so intensely contrived to to me and like i like at at certain certain points this movie knows that it is incredibly contrived and doesn't care but i i still find it kind of annoying but like there is a character who throughout the entire movie they 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 never say his first name and then at, at, at the end of the movie, Cher sees him, and she's like, oh, Fernando? And then they sing Fernando. And that kind of like rubs me the wrong way. Also, uh, okay, so and, why, and, how does that rub you the right? I, I'm genuinely interested in the answer yeah. to this. But like, how does that rub you the wrong way when Singing in the Red literally has like a dream sequence, which is like, let's just burn off some damn songs and get Sid Cerise in here. Oh, like that, 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 that dream sequence is... Like that, 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 that is one of two things that I think hold Singing Marine back from being uh, the most perfect movie of all time. I mean, and is the other one how mean Gene Kelly was to everyone on uh, set? No, the other one is the Beautiful Girls uh, sequence where some guy who isn't Gene Kelly yeah. just sings this uh, very boring song. Yeah. We're like, Beautiful Girls. And then there's lots of uh, like women wearing silly outfits. And then he's like, eh, Look at this outfit. Isn't it silly? And he was like, "Do no, do the movie." 
do 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 the movie that I like. Yeah. Um, but 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 like but yeah, like this, this, hey, singing the rain is like okay. Well, we've got the song. Uh, it's called singing the rain. Uh, let's have a scene where a guy uh, sings in the rain. Yeah. Well, like sure, but but like the thing is, uh, I like that song a lot. Yeah. And I like watching Gene Kelly sing and dance. Yeah. Uh, whereas with Abba. Uh, I don't like those songs, and yeah. I don't care about seeing Amanda Seyfried or Dominic Cooper or Christine Baranski sing and dance. Okay. Or I, I, I especially don't care about seeing Lily James sing and dance. <laughs> but and and you were talking at, at, at one because the 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 flashbacks set in nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. And you and, and you said it, it's ridiculous to think anyone would want to listen to this music when London Calling was out. Yeah. But this so this so like I'm not this is not yeah okay can you un, can you hear yourself I mean yeah, when it, was, you say it, that? it was it was a joke I'm a funny guy I made a joke yeah but but also I believe it yeah no but, no, yeah, no that's I, why I'm bringing I, it I, up I, I know. but no like uh, like everyone that I know I think maybe 100 percent of the people that I know yeah either like or love ever if, yeah. if, if everyone thinks ever is great. And that's fine, I guess. Yeah. But, like, I don't like that music, and it it does nothing for me. But what don't you like about it? That sort of music is just, like, thoroughly uninteresting to me. It It, it is it is music about nothing, as, as, as far as I'm concerned. And, like, I'm, I'm not interested in people with, like... It's demonstrably not about nothing. It's about sheer rediscovery <laughs> and love for, for Andy Garcia. Yeah. But yeah, like, I am... I'm, I'm not interested in, like... I was about to say, I'm not interested in, like, people with perfect voices singing about love. Yeah. But, but, but also, like, Be My Baby by Veronica is yeah. maybe the best song of all time. But, like... The 70s is probably my favorite decade for music, but 70s pop yeah. music is some of my least favorite music. And is that because you like the alternative so much that kind of the premise of that is to not be ABBA? Sure, but 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 also like it it just feels like so. Like, and to be clear, yeah, yeah, all of those bands are doing much deeper and more interesting things than just not being ABBA. Yeah, but that is kind of like it's the premise. Yeah, but like, I don't know it, it it feels so clean. And like so sanitized, like it, it is like Abba is four fucking like like white Swedish people who all look the same singing about like oh I'm sad because I got broken up with in the past oh no or like oh I'm gonna go dancing now oh it's fun I I, I kind of can't understand <laughs> listening to that wanting when, to dance well I mean, I. I, I I mean, but like I, I, I do want to dance sometimes, and I'll, I'll dance to like Gang of Four. Yeah, I, I want to dance but, to, but to like incredibly like like angular post punk music. Yeah, but it's about like funk and Marxism. <laughs> but I find them too clean and too shallow, and it's. But and Waterloo like, it, it, is using the Battle of Waterloo uh, as a metaphor for like. A, a relationship sure. for, for putting up barriers and then being broken down like that's not shallow and like m- 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 maybe if i like actually like sat down and like listened really closely to waterloo i might find some appreciation for it but i also don't like the instrumentation and i don't like the voices okay and and so there's just like nothing about ever that appeals to me and also just like Especially in the last few years, of the cultural insistence that you must love ABBA. Well, but here's like, the thing: like, I, most I, I, people do. Yes, 
And and I remember a while ago, I, I was at the classic and I was talking with some friends, and an Apple song came on, and I just made it kind of like a uh, face. Yeah. One of my friends turned to me and she was like, "Do you not know like Abba?" I was like, "No, I don't like Abba." And partially as a joke, but also like there was like a real sense that like she meant it genuinely. She said, "Like, oh, I I respect you a bit less now." It's part of my thing with with why I don't listen to the Beatles. Yeah. It's just like the like cultural insistence for like this is like the best thing ever. Yeah. I'm just like. Okay, cool. Have have fun with that. Yeah. I'll go. I'll like. I'll, I'll. I want to do something that like all of culture isn't telling me to do. It's yeah. part part of why I don't want to drink because like everyone else is fucking doing that. So yeah. I'll I'll go do something more interesting. Yeah. So Abba is alcohol to you. Yeah. A- 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 I was going to say, is that the first time those things have been compared? No, I think that's a common comparison. Like, a- a- Abba is teenage binge drinking and getting an office job. It's it's like it's it's everything that's hateful about culture to me. But because to me, like the success of ABBA, and I like rather than love ABBA, yeah, uh, is that it is uh, that moment of popular music of pop in mm. that time, kind of absolutely crystallized, and, and like yeah, it is like somewhat antiseptic and, mm. and distant and too perfect, but it it like it's so good at sounding like that. And it, it's so like they got the words and the sounds so right. It, it is like an animal reaction in my brain to enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Do you feel that and are fighting it or no, not fighting it, disagreeing with it? I don't, I'm not arguing that you're like, no, I, this yeah, is not going to end with you breaking down in tears and admitting that you love ABBA as great as that would be, but it, it, that's not my intention. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like just genuinely that movie, that 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 music doesn't do anything for me, uh-huh. and it, I, I'm not like oh, like all ever songs are automatically bad. There are songs that there are songs that that I enjoy. There are songs I like more or less than others. Yeah. But like just oh yeah, just 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 overall, it's absolutely not my thing, and I'm I kind of uh, don't want to watch a movie about it. So and and also like I I like. But it's not a movie about that. It's, uh, it's, yeah, but like, it's, but like, when when those songs are being like used to express all of these emotions in a movie, yeah. I cannot connect to any of those emotions because I'm like, I can't, I I cannot connect to this music, and so I don't, I I I, I cannot connect to what you're trying to express with this music. And uh, okay, so that part of it aside, Amber yeah. aside, you being wrong about Amber aside, sure, and no, no, you're you're allowed to believe whatever you want to believe. It is. Just unfortunate that I'm the one person in the world whose taste is correct and everyone else is but a shadow. But it is also like the thing I like, especially about Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, (laughs) is that it's a plot is basically like, let's have a party and they do. And now people aren't going to show up, but then of course they show up and and it's about a woman with three dads who are all bros (laughs) and it is this kind of... uh, crazy alternative family structure that feels nice and makes even yeah. more sense with our Meryl Streep and thing. And then the subplot is, is about a 20 year old woman finding herself on a, on a journey of, of like entertaining herself in sexual discovery that it no, like it would be so easy. Like you could almost insert a scene into this or a line where it is just like, oh, you've slept with three men in two days? Yeah. How dare you? Or like even questioning it's, it, but it's, 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 like, it's like two weeks. 
Oh yeah, two weeks yeah. anyway. Um, okay, because she, 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 she it's very quite hard to track how time passes yeah. in this film. But because she, she she's she's with uh, she she she's she's with a young Pierce Brosnan on on for like a week, and then he leaves. I mean, oh, yeah. but, but she, she also doesn't have sex with. Uh, uh, with, with Bill on the boat the first time. Yeah, it's only when on he comes back. Yeah. And, and that breaks Julie Andrews' heart. No, Julie no. Walters. Paddington. Walters. Julie Paddington. Julie Walters. Julie Paddington. And she's in the Harry Potter, isn't she? Yes. Yes. She's in all of them. Uh, yeah. Isn't it, it's kind of crazy that none of Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth, or Stellan Skarsgård were in the new Harry Potter films. Yeah, it, 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 it seems like Stellan like would have been like one of the later ones. Yeah, yeah. Not like it, uh, uh, um, if Brendan had said no, he'd be Mad Eye Moody, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And now we have to settle fame as Eric Stelvig in Thor, and then his 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 twin played Thor in Thor Ragnarok Endgame. <laughs> Oh, right, yeah, yeah, it's Endgame, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Now, Ragnarok is the one that is like, uh, let's play Immigrant Song, like with the opening credits of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. But like, that, that moment when they play Immigrant Song, pretty good. It's like, yeah, this, 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 this song works for, like, this, 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 See? like Led, 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 Led Zeppelin exists, like, to make moments like that work in movies. But like, my, like, my thing with that moment, a it looks great, yeah. Um, but is like the use of immigrant song in particular is such a like Forrest Gump boomer button. Look at the audience and go, "You like this, right?" In a way that I'm sure is how you feel about ABBA in Mamma Mia. Sure, right? no, but but like it, it's it's also like it's also like a joke. It's like, oh, here's the kick-ass Viking song for the kick-ass Viking god. I mean, yes, but also it. Is doing it absolutely one hundred percent sincerely. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's doing it's doing it both. Though. It's just yeah. doing both. Yeah. So you can accept that about Thor Ragnarok. Can you accept that about Mamma Mia? Uh, no, because because Thor Ragnarok only makes me listen to one Led Zeppelin song. But yeah, okay. So obviously, Immigrant Song is only in Thor Ragnarok twice, probably three times. No, it's, 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 it's just twice. Though. It's paired well with, with a specific moment. Yeah, and like it's, I would say, it is as paired well with its moments as any song in Mamma Mia is paired with its moment. I I just fundamentally disagree with it. Like when when she had, when she turns around, she sees Andy Garcia and she sees Fernando, and then they sing Fernando. Yeah. Yes, that's good. That, like what about what you've just said is bad? Okay, so Meryl Streep's mother won't come. Then she arrives on a helicopter. Helicopter, good. <laughs> it's Cher. Cher, good. Cher is the ultimate endpoint of Mamma Mia in a semi, in like an incredibly obvious yeah, way. Yeah. In that she is both 100% sincere and 100% a drag performance of pop stardom, <laughs> which is what ABBA is, right? It is both 100% itself and 100% commenting on itself. And then she sees Andy Garcia and says, Fernando, and you're like, yeah, it's like a twist. <laughs> you're like, oh, that's it. That's the song they haven't used. It's but, incredible. It's but, so cheesy. It's perfect camp in a way that like, oh, we played Immigrant Song in the beginning, so later he's going to go into slow motion and fire lightning and it's going to play and automatic dopamine hits will happen in your brain because we have spent hundreds of millions of dollars for underworked CG people to erase every blemish from yeah. this. They're the same thing. <laughs> they are the same thing. 
and I think that Mamma Mia is better. <laughs> oh, I would say they're the same. I think they are the same. Right. Um, I, I, I like, they both have a nice commitment to diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, though the main cast is still largely white, <laughs> but like dancer in a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, yes, and Matt yes. Damon. Yeah. And two, 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 two scenes of Omar Jalili. <laughs> yeah. It was great. He must have shot one day. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's wearing the same costume, sitting in the exact same position, forty years apart. Yeah, no, I love yeah. it. It's good. That's good. I mean, what look, you're describing okay. is good. So here's the thing about this movie: the the things I don't like are the songs and the plot. Yeah, the, the like the the, the, <laughs> the the most and least important parts of the film. Sure, there's not like a ton of jokes I like, but there's like a fair amount of good jokes. Yeah, I think none of the jokes are bad or cruel. Yeah, yeah, and, and like every, every performance in this movie that isn't. Amanda Seyfried or Lily James, I enjoy a lot. What have you got against Lily James? I just, I like she, she's been fine in other things I've seen, yeah. but like I, I just, I, I just don't particularly like her in this, <laughs> and especially for like she's playing young Meryl Streep. Yeah, it just absolutely doesn't work uh, for as me. As we said while watching the film, it is hard to com- be compared to yeah. young Meryl Streep unless you're either hunting deer or choosing which of your children is going to die. Yes. And but but so like everyone else, I find super charming. Yeah, Christine Baranski and Ju- yeah. and Julie Walters, I think, are both delightful together. Yeah, I think the the, the two women playing the young Christine Baranski and Julie Walters are really well cast, and they they do a really good job. There, there is a moment where Christine Baranski sees Andy Garcia and says, "Be still, my beating vagina." vagina. Yeah. It's a fantastic joke. Yeah, like she 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 sells it. It's great. Uh, she sells every line yeah. she's given like she's a fish monger in a fish shop to me she she feels like the ken watanabe of this movie <laughs> where i'm just like you're working at such a high level this is incredible <laughs> I, and like this movie does not need you to be working this hard christine Moransky, but you're, you're you're doing a great job and i appreciate it i'd, I'd give that to both her and uh and julie paddington as well <laughs> yeah and and, and like uh, i i've like p- p- when when Pierce Brosnan is like on his own, or when he's with Amanda Seyfried, I'm kind of iffy on him. But when Pierce Brosnan and Colin Firth <laughs> and and Stan Skarsgård are in the same shot together, yeah. they have so much fucking chemistry, and they are so fun. And like yeah. v- v- those guys together are so fantastic. And you absolutely want them to be off solving crimes. Yeah, like yes, a- absolutely. Um, I and oh yeah, d- absolutely. And I know I, d- I don't think you hate. I'm, I've not been trying to argue against you as if you hate this film. Yeah. I just think there is there is more stuff in this movie that that I liked than than I thought there would be. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, like in in terms of like the plot or anything, I I I found none of it hateful. It's yeah. just I I do not like this music. I don't care about what's happening. It looks pretty good. It's shot by Robert Yeoman, who who shoots uh, all of Wes Anderson's films. Well, and it lo- and it's proper. It is it is like highly saturated colors across the board, like three strip Hollywood. Yeah. in a way that is not. It's it's not everything. Not all the blues and golds turn up. Like everything is everything. It looks like a postcard. Yeah. Um. Like it, it looks like the director just just said to, uh, to 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 Robert Yeoman, like we've been paid by the Greek Tourism Board yeah. to make this island look as incredible as possible. And he's like, yeah, sure, I, I could, I can, I can do that easily. Um. And, and the thing that interests me the most about it, what seeing it for a second time, is how much is like when they do the moment I both love and hate this film the most mm. is when Dominic Cooper and Amanda Seyfried do sad knowing me knowing you right and yeah. dominic cooper has to do sad uh-huh yes. no, it, no 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 um it's young and and lily surname lily james lily james 
um and, um and it is like this song is absolutely not acceptable to be played in a minor key yeah. as if it's sad and they're just really committed to like knowing me knowing you and then i'm just being like aha yeah <laughs> And, um, but also no, the, the song they sing over the phone call when it's like, we're so disconnected, mm. there's this extended two minute long, highly choreographed one take yeah. going through a mirror yeah. and around them, which, which uh, and then it cuts to all these beautiful matching symmetrical cuts of the two of them. So they're together, but apart. Yeah. Um, and, and it is someone who has worked really hard on this. Yes. And, and it is like, like obviously you're working on Mamma Mia too. You've got so much fucking money. You can make a film look good. The plot does not have to matter. Meryl only wants to work two days. Fine. We'll work it out in a way to do that. But, but the fact that he was like, no, no. And I also want it to be of a piece. So much of this, you could so easily make it by just pointing a camera at shit. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? And like having a nice composition, but like there, there is a, a rigor to the cheesiness of this film that there's some salt with the sweet is nice. Yeah, I think that's fair. So uh, the key question, fuck, Mary kill, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth, still in Skarsgård. Um, it's going to be, I mean, they're, 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 I want to preface this by saying they're, 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 they're all great. Well, you're about to kill one of them, yep. so that's, I'm, that's uh, not... I'm, I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> but, um, uh, fuck Pierce Rosen and Mary Colin Firth kill uh, Stellan. What? Okay, mm. I would absolutely marry Stellan, mm. fuck Colin Firth and kill Pierce. Yeah. Um, mainly because some innocent people have to have died at some point in Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> like when he's doing that motorcycle chase with Michelle Yeoh on the, bed at, on the back of the bike. Yeah. Through I'm, I'm just never going to forgive him for... For, dro- for dropping that satellite on Sean Bean and Goldeneye. I mean, that's true. And, and like yeah. Colin Firth. And then just like last year, that, that satellite collapsed for real. <laughs> yeah. Onto Sean Bean. Yeah. That's terrible and, news. And that's why they're not making any more sharp movies. <laughs> uh, Shite or sound? It's sound. Uh, it is I'm, sound. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, it's, it's, it's shite, but it is... Uh, it is a lot funnier and more charming than 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 than, than I expected. Will, will you give it good shite? No, no, because no. I, I like I I don't I don't like I I can't I I can't deal with those songs and I don't like the plot. But like the performance is mostly good. What don't you like about the plot? There is nothing like necessarily wrong w- with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like I I I don't I don't like the two lead performances. Yeah, and like I I've, I've liked both Lily James animator Seyfried and other things. Yeah. Uh, just here it doesn't work for me and yeah i i I can't connect to the the emotions of those songs at all and um okay i understand that so i'm gonna say sound i'm gonna say sound Sound. with some good performances and good jokes sounds like sound to me (laughs) um what are we watching next week next week we are doing michelangelo antonioni's Leclis. And with that, we are doing Oliver Stone's Wall Street 2 Money, Money Never, Never Sleeps. Sleeps. Gordon Gecko, baby! <laughs> um, uh, finally, a reason for me to watch Wall Street 1, which I will I'm not report- going to bother. <laughs> I'm going to report back on. Well, yeah, you, you better tell me what happens. In well, look- I, I assume he does some Wall Streeting and then goes <laughs> yeah. to jail. The reason we're doing Wall Street uh, 2 Money Never Sleeps is because one of the character, one, one of the main characters in the police is a stockbroker. Uh, that's for connection. We did it. 
uh, great job. Uh, where can people find you, fan? Uh, who cares? You can find the show on Twitter at ShiteSoundPod, or you can email us at ShiteSoundPod at gmail.com. Check out our website at ShiteAndSound.com. I'm Yutha Lives uh, on all your social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, uh, check, check us out on Letterboxd. Uh, if you like the show, tell your friends. Uh, theme is The Nux by Kazan Blam. Check you out on Bandcamp. Uh, movies are good. Even bad ones. Go, Go watch them. with Townsend yeah they escaped to which mountain but which mountain I won't say uh, man, is it, is it, does he does he play does he play the rock with in that Elizabeth movie Elizabeth Moss mm. what film is sorry what film is the rock in no I was, I, was, I was asking if he played the rock in escape to which mountain but which mountain uh, Mount Doom ah oh, so in like Marvel because of Doctor Doom. No, no, it's Doctor Doom. It's a different guy. But in Latveria, there must be a Mount Doom, surely. No, no, he 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 doesn't he doesn't like like rename geographical features after himself. Ah, ge- geographical features like like a mountain. Which mountain? <laughs> <laughs>